The Business Travel Podcast, brought to you by The Business Travel Magazine. Hi, my name is Bev Ferris and I'm the editor of The Business Travel Magazine and I'd like to welcome you to our latest Business Travel Podcast. Today I'm checking in with Abby Penston, who is CEO of the Focus Travel Partnership. Hi, Abby. Hi, Bev. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? Yes, fine, thank you. Weekend of sunshine always um, lifts the spirits, doesn't it? It's been amazing. It's, it's even hotter today, I think. Is it 25? I don't know where, where you are, but it's 25, 26 down here in Sussex. Yeah, I'm on Felix. I'm in Felix, so I'm on the East Coast, so at least we get that nice sea breeze that's coming in. Oh, so wow. that's nice. Are you actually are you actually on the sea on the seafront there? Do you live near the, near the beach? Um, I'm probably about a five minute walk to the seafront, but I'm quite high up. So you do if I've got my windows open, you do get a nice breeze in here, which is great because there's no aircon in your in your home like there is in your office. Is there? So. Oh, there is. No, you do need that breeze when it's yeah. hot. Oh well, thanks very much for talking to me today. So as you know, this is a podcast where we like to try and get to know people um, a bit more than you see on the LinkedIn profile. So um, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, uh, just, a, sort of, just a quick introduction. Off you go. Okay. So um, I'm Abby, as you said, I'm the CEO of the Focus Travel Partnership. Um, I'm a mother of two. Um, I live in Felixstowe on the East Coast. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's probably about it really. I think it's like when you do things like this, you start to think and reflect on yourself that you realize possibly you're a bit more boring than you thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that, that's that's me <laughs> how, how old are your children Abby oh gosh so my daughter's 24 this year and my son is 11 this ah. year so big age gap I had one started um when my son started reception my daughter started her first year at university so quite a big gap between those two good for babysitting though well it was yeah until she went to university oh. and then then I lost my taxi driver and my babysitter oh, of course yeah <laughs> Does a do, 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 twenty-four-year-old live at home with you now, or is she is she living elsewhere? She lives in Crawley. She lives in Crawley with oh. her partner. Oh, and obviously the eleven-year-old is is with you. <laughs> he hasn't left home just yet. <laughs> no, but he's back at school now, thankfully. So I think after uh, most parents with children at home, I guess can empathise that lockdown and having oh. homeschooling and everything like that was um, was quite tough. But yeah, he's back at school, so that's all good. Back into his sports, back at school. Happy boy. So is he in year six? year five he starts year six in September he's the oldest in his year okay okay and did you get involved with the with the homeschooling during the lockdown or did you get just so I'm, I'm not gonna lie and try and make out like I was some kind of wonder woman because I just clearly wasn't so before lockdown happened we bought my mum a Facebook portal screen so she could keep in touch with um, her sister and actually it turned into our homeschool tutor so she did, we set my son up in um, a spare room and my mum would Facebook portal in and do all the homeschooling for us through that. So we were so blessed. And I don't take that for granted. So I get how lucky we were for that. Wow. And has your, has your mum got any kind of teacher training? Is she, or is she just... No, she's just super bossy. So I think she really liked it. I think my husband, um, our home office was across the corridor and he could hear my mum telling him off and sort of say, now, Cobby, come on, young man, focus, which I thought was quite funny. Took me back a bit and I was glad I was sat downstairs, actually. Yeah, I bet. So I can imagine sometimes it's probably best, better coming from your grandma than it is coming from your, from your own parents. So do you think he worked better? with? Yeah, with definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think he actually, he really loved it, actually, to be honest with you. And um, I think because my mum was shielding as well, so he couldn't get to see her as much as he had done 
um, prior to the pandemic. It was nice for them to kind of keep engaged and it gave her purpose as well. So, um, you know, it, it was great for everybody all around, but I'm not going to lie, we mess it, we massively felt the benefit of it ourselves. Yeah, I'm sure. And obviously you've seen your mum now since the lockdown's been, the restrictions have been eased. Has that been nice? Yeah, yeah. She, um, she, I can't remember when she had her second jab, but we waited until she was two weeks clear of it. And um, then we let her out of captivity, as we were calling it. And now it's just getting her back to normal and going to shops and things like that, which I think you take for granted when you see someone that's not done it for almost a year. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's quite daunting for them. But no, she seems to be um, back into the swing. I saw her in a new outfit the other day. So I thought, OK, she's definitely back shopping again. That's good. So did, did you find the lockdown um, easy, difficult? Did you, what did you, how did you cope with it? Um, well, I, do you know what? We worked, re- we worked nonstop through it. I think because we're a consortium and not a TMC, we've, we've just been so busy that actually work has really helped, I guess, make time fly and see through. I know there are other people that haven't been as fortunate and they've had work to occupy, you know, those long days. Um, and I massively feel for them. But for me, purpose, personally, it's kind of flown by really because we just haven't stopped. Yeah. And are you back in the office? Are you, do, you, do you actually have a, a head office still? or what? No, no. I mean, we were home workers prior to the pandemic anyway. But when I say we were home workers, we were never home. We were always in London. You know, we're very blessed that we've got partners throughout the UK. So we can utilise their offices when we need. And then there's our suppliers as well. So we were never really in. I mean, I remember it got to the point where I, had to, was, I was trying to discipline myself to have at least one day at home so I could keep on top of things. So, um, no, I mean, we are still as we are now. We're waiting for our suppliers to come out and start um, having meetings again. I've, I met with um, with one of our suppliers a couple of weeks ago, Milton Keynes, and I think I've ever been so excited to get in a car and drive to Milton Keynes. But um, I was, I was so happy. I was literally buzzing the night before. Um, and then, you know, our partners, you know, as soon as they're into their offices and we're welcome to go in, you know, we're, you know, we're chomping at the bit to get out. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody is, isn't aren't they? And then, have you got any any um, kind of meetings planned for your members? I mean, has everything presumably has been online up until now? Is there anything you've got planned for face to face? Yeah, so I mean, we've been doing fortnightly um, calls on, on on the Zoom platform with our partners. And that's been a really great way of keeping engaged with them. And then we have steering parties in our um, partnership as well. So we've got one for rail and air and tech, for example, and then obviously our board. And we meet regularly in this. So we've kept engaged with them right the way throughout. Um, But as far as getting face to face with them, we're really hoping that our November conference will um, be in person. Our Champs Conference, which we usually have in June each year, we've put put back until um, the end of September. That's going to be on the virtual platform just because we're mindful that we don't want to disrupt too much people's businesses by pulling members of their staff out for the day. Um, And I think it's a lot easier for them to just to log on to this kind of environment, especially if they're um, in furlough. The Champs Conference this year is all going to be about re-engaging back with the industry for those people that have been furloughed for so long. So great content on that one. But yeah, as far as getting out and meet people, we're just waiting on the invites to come in and then we're out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let, let's ask, let's start with one of the questions on the on the list here. So what is one thing, Abby, that people would be surprised to know about you? It's a <laughs> tough one, I think. <laughs> yeah, it is a tough one. But and I think this does surprise most people, but it, it's true. I'm actually painfully shy. And it really surprises people when they find out that I can get 
really nervous and shy. And if I'm in my comfort zone, I'm absolutely fine. You take me out of it and I can become a wreck. So I think when I say I'm shy to people, they go, that's ridiculous. You're probably the least shy person. I know, but it's true. I'm actually painfully very shy. Yeah, well, I think there's probably uh, about half a dozen of these of these podcasts that I've done of people who said exactly the same thing. And they're people in, you know, in senior positions who are often at, you know, at the conferences speaking in front of big, large audiences and, and they've said exactly the same thing. So how do you overcome that shyness? What is there anything you do to kind of... Um, not, not really. I don't think I overcome it, Bev, to be honest with you. I think I just struggle with it. So I know if I'm speaking at conferences, I don't sleep the night before. Um, I practice and I go over, you know, the content that I'm talking about. Um, and then I get up on the podium and I literally, I, you know, I get clammy hands and I just have to kind of work through it and hope that I come across um, well and, and that I don't manage to, I don't know, be sick on stage <laughs> I think I just muddle through it I think you just have to don't you I think I, somebody once told me you know you know what are your worst fears in life and if if none of those are going to come true then just crack on with it and mine probably are something bad happening to myself or my family losing my house going to jail and I just have to remind myself if, that, if none of those three things are going to happen just get on with it you can get up and stand and talk in front of your colleagues. At the end of the day, people in the audience want you to do well. They're all, they're all supporting yeah. you. So you've got to think that yeah. as well. So. Yeah. And it's funny because I had a colleague who once said the same thing to me, not knowing it about myself. And I heard myself spouting all of this supportive um, kind of advice to him, thinking, oh, Abby, you're such a... You don't listen to that yourself at all. But it's true. You know, I think, you know, if you've got people in the audience that want you to fail, then you've got a bigger problem there than your nerves. So... Um, I think that's it. And, you know, just hope you don't waffle on a bit too much, which I am guilty of waffling on. <laughs> Aren't we all? So what's, um, what's one thing you wish you'd know when you started your career? Um, I th do you know what? I think it, and this is, this definitely has come probably sort of like in the, the later years of my career today is just learning to manage people's expectations. I think there's nothing worse than feeling disappointed or disappointing people. And I think people just appreciate upfront honesty, um, especially when it comes to deliverables and things like that. You know, I, I honestly appreciate that myself. If I know what to expect, if I know, you know, good and bad, then you can deal with that. It's, I don't like curveballs coming in and curveballs happen and they are out of our control at times, but there's nothing worse than looking back on a situation thinking it could have been avoided if people had just been upfront. So I think definitely managing people's expectations. One. Um, what's your most annoying habit? Well, I don't, it depends who you ask, I guess, doesn't it? Um, my daughter pointed out to me recently that I'm starting to repeat myself, which everyone kind of laughed about. And then it wasn't until sort of like half an hour later that I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm turning into my mother because she repeats herself and it really annoys me. So there was that. And I, that really bothered me for the first time. I suddenly thought, oh God, that's probably not a great thing to be doing. Um, I do love a cliche and I know sometimes it gets pointed out that my cliches can be a bit cheesy um, and then I think my problem is I can swear a bit too much and I think that's probably it. Okay, okay. that's that's enough. Yeah, that's <laughs> enough. We'll stop on that one. <laughs> so um, what would you consider to be your greatest achievements? Mm, well my kids if I'm being entirely honest with you. Um, I was super young when I had my daughter. I was 21 when I had her. Um, and 
myself as a 21 year old was very young um I don't think I'd even have and this is honest truth I don't think I'd held a baby until I held my own so I was terrified I was underqualified for it um and the fact that she's alive she's graduated university we didn't kill each other through teenage years I'm really proud of that achievement actually and then I you know I look at my son as well you know he's such a sweet kind boy and he's incredibly clever and he's real really grounded and I think when you're a a working parent especially when you're a working single parent it's so hard my my daughter was 10 I think when I met my husband and um, I'd sacrificed so much to be able to put food on the table and raise her that you always looked at you know and you know people do compare don't they wrongly and and rightly at times but wrongly um other you know more I guess traditional family models and wondered if I was failing because I'd made the wrong decisions and um and just how difficult it is raising a child on your own and working actually I look back on my two children now and all right my son's you know still young but I look back on my daughter and go actually you can do it all um you've just got to keep the balance right and I look at mine and go I've actually turned out two really nice little humans so um you know I think that by far is my greatest achievement without a shadow of a doubt I'm really proud of the woman that my daughter is and the son and the man that I can see my son becoming oh that's great and were you working in travel when you um were raising your daughter not my daughter, no, no. My daughter, I was working, oh, I did many jobs with my daughter, to be honest with you. Um, I did cleaning jobs, I did bar jobs, and then I settled into technical service. Um, and I worked for a FTSE 100 company, I ended up managing their technical service centre, which included call centre, warehouses, field-based engineers. So uh, quite a big empire I had there. Um, and then I, um, I took voluntary redundancy when my daughter was... Oh, maybe 12. My son was not quite, no, 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 that's not true. No, my daughter must have been older than that. My son was just before his second birthday. And I then went into travel from then. So I've been in travel well, since 2012. Okay. And what, what was there, what, what took you into travel? What was the. So my background is actually lean management. And um, I got a call from a recruitment agent saying um, there's a, a travel management company that wants um, a lean manager. They've grown quite quickly um, and they want somebody to come in and look at all of their processes and look at, you know, making sure that they're working effectively and efficiently. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. What do they do? And, um, so they expect me, and I must admit, I was kind of thinking, God, that, how odd, because, you know, you kind of like think lean management and you think manufacturing, um, you know, warehousing, that kind of thing. Um, went and met with um, the travel management company, bought into it straight away, thought it would probably last six months. And um, I think I was there four years in the end, by which point I started to get heavily involved with focus. Um, when I left the TMC, I set up my own consultancy company working um, solely with focus until the CEO position um, came up at the end of 2019. Oh, wow. So you're f- fairly new to travel relatively to other people. Would do you think you'll be in travel for a forever now is this the industry you're going to stay in yeah I mean I started funny enough I did actually start off in travel I started off in hotels um and then I, I dipped out of hotels and then I did many other jobs just as you are when you're a single parent you know you kind of take work where you can get it and what fits around your childcare. um so I do feel that you know I have got a background in travel but that big break aside you know between leaving the hotel and joining the TMC um it allowed me to really 
carve my career and specialize in areas that I don't know that I necessarily would have done if I'd have stayed in the in, in that hotel world at the time um but no I don't see myself leaving it now I, I couldn't imagine leaving it especially after everything that we've gone through over the last 15 months I think you know you you survive this you're in it for the long haul right <laughs> I think it has brought people closer together it feels more like a family now do you, do you think that you kind of feel like you're you're part of yeah bigger <laughs> absolutely you know I, I've said from the beginning so you know that hashtag that came out in this together and it was you know it was a nice sentiment at first but actually it's the reality of what we've gone through you know we are from our suppliers to our clients to our own you know our own individual communities um I think reputations have been made through this and you know possibly some have been broken but I think you know essentially um as an industry I don't know anybody that's really disappointed me at all to be honest through this quite the opposite is your is your daughter working what does what does she do is she she's not in she, no no she's not in travel she's um, a social media producer for the rspca oh, so wow. she has, yeah she loves it she's got a great job um, i'm really proud of her um she came out of university um went into um uh, exhibitions um but was always desperate to try and get into a animal charity from being a child um, so when this job came up, she put so much pressure on herself to get it. And we were all kind of sitting there thinking, oh, God, I hope, you know, I hope this comes off. And and not only did she get it, but she's absolutely nailing it. She's doing a brilliant job. I'm so proud of her. Fantastic. So um, this is another tricky one. I think what makes you happy, Abby? What would be Ooh. your happy place? My happy place? Well, I did say I live by the beach and I know I'm very blessed to live by the beach, but the beach is my happy place. We have a um, chalet down on the beach. So I'm often found sat there with a book, maybe gin and tonic, um, enjoying the sun. But yeah, just being by the beach. I love it. Absolutely love it. You Terrified to see, oddly enough, but um, I love the beach. Oh, so you don't swim when you're down there. You just look. No, I go up to about my thighs and then um, then I start to get a bit anxious and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. don't know what's lurking under there. Not so bad when you're not in the North Sea. In the North Sea, you struggle to see what's what's yeah. in there with you. So that's if you're in the Caribbean. I might go up to my waist, Bev. <laughs> so do, would you never swim? In, I mean, you can, can you swim? I can swim, yeah, and, and I like swimming, and I will swim, um, but it doesn't come naturally to, to swim in the sea. We're just talking this weekend, actually, about buying a kayak. Uh, my son got into it. We were in Cornwall um, last week and my son probably got into it. Um, my husband's like, I think we should do it. I think we should do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I might go out on that. You had a life jacket and you didn't have to go into the water. Yeah, my, my husband, yeah. actually, he's, he, loves, he loves the idea of it, but he's just petrified about what's lurking underneath his feet. I think he thinks there's sharks in every, every sea he goes into. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the case, but he's yeah, he's he's paranoid. Um, so uh, I know we discussed this just before we started this the, the podcast, but you're off to hopefully off to Saint Lucia at some point. I was question is where 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 where's your next trip going to be if you if if the restrictions allow? Where would you be where would you be off to? Yeah, well, it would be Saint Lucia, but we're not holding our breath. Um, I think you know, along with everybody else, we've you know we're having to learn to roll with you know, the restrictions that are put in front of us. So we will be going, absolutely, shall have a doubt. It's just whether we have to put it back again or not. Um, but no, we're definitely all looking forward to that. And we're going away with my daughter and her partner as well. So, um, you know, that would just be nice to have some family time, especially because we've spent so much time apart. Um, you know, it gives you something to look forward to. But we were very lucky that we just did go to Cornwall, which was 
an amazing week and I think the weather made it for us we had a brilliant weather so it's nice but no definitely as soon as we can start traveling we are have you missed missed traveling and if so what have you missed about traveling do you know I've even missed the bit I didn't like about traveling so I'm not a morning person at all I hate mornings and that always used to be the thing you know like getting up at four to be at the airport I even miss that now I'd be buzzing if my alarm went off at three um so yeah I miss all of it every part of it and can't wait to get back to it so apart from St Lucia where else is on your bucket list we've got planned to go or that I just genuinely like to go to the second one that you'd love to go to then I do yeah oh gosh there's so many places that I'd like to go to um you know what I've never seen the northern lights not through lack of trying um, gone several times and just never been fortunate enough that we've seen it so that's definitely and I think my husband will roll his eyeballs because he's kind of given up that he just keeps looking at the wrong time or um, we just quite miss it but um, so that's definitely something that I'd like to do um, I kind of I'd quite like to do Alaska I think if the truth be known I quite fancy going up there I don't know whether it's you know just the fact that I've never um, kind of thought about going to Alaska. I don't know about you Bev but since we've gone into lockdown I've started thinking about places that I would never have ordinarily gone for you know apart from the traditional where do you want to go where do the kids want to go where's a safe bet it started to really open my mind to thinking actually you know I would like to go to Alaska there you go that's my answer to the question Alaska. On a cruise or would you just? No not on a cruise not on a cruise I've done it once and maybe I just had a bad experience but uh, no no it's not for you. So um, if you were on a plane, imagine you're going to St. Lucia and you could have your ideal um, companion next to you chatting all the way there, who would it be? What would you talk about? Well, firstly, I don't like talking to people on aeroplanes. That's my, that's my, (laughs) I like, this is my time. There's no Wi-Fi. You can't contact me. I'm going to put my headphones in and watch film. But so I was thinking about this and, so I watched a film um, last night, um, I think it was called Six Days or something. It was about the siege on the Iranian embassy. And it kind of, was, it, it, there was a line in it that came about um, from Margaret Thatcher. And she said something along the lines of that she didn't want the cameras to stop rolling when the SAS stormed the embassy. She wanted the world to kind of see how she handled terrorism, something along the lines like that. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, the fact that she was a prime minister you know, during that period of time, that was a really brave and bold statement to make. Now, politically, whether you agree with her or not, I think she probably would be a fascinating person to sit down and have a conversation. I don't think it would be boring, that's for sure. But I think um, I'd be interested to kind of know how she dealt with, you know, the challenges that she faced being a woman in a leadership role during that period in time. And also trying to understand, I guess, part of the woman that she was, because, you know, she was quite a complex character. And like I said, Marmite, I think people either really respect her or they don't. But nonetheless, I think she'd be a very interesting person to have a conversation with. Mm, definitely. Um, and you mentioned watching films. Are you, a, are you a kind of box set binger, Abby? Do you like watching? Yes. Yes. I- I could dream of watching anything other than in the box set format. Now, in fact, it infuriates me when you have to wait a week to, to find out the next instalment. So we did it recently with um, Line of Duty. And I said to my husband, I'm not watching it until it's, you know, it's, it's finished because I don't want to have to wait to the final week. Anyway, we completely messed it up. And we thought it had finished the week before it actually had. 
So we got all that excitement. Then I had to wait the following week to find out with it. So no, I am box set all the way through. And I've heard it was a bit disappointing the last one, the last energy. Yeah, it. I mean, it was just, it was almost rushed. It was almost like really, and you know, for anybody that's not watched it, I'm not going to say any more than that. But I was disappointed with it. Okay. It just didn't make sense. I was like, that. That's just naff. I don't get it. What's the next one? What's the next box set? Have you got anything lined up? Yeah, so I'd started to um, I'd started to watch Shit's Creek, and um, really got into it. And and then my husband found out that I'd started to watch it because he he tends to watch like his football stuff on Sunday morning, and I'll just treat myself to a bit of uh, what I call crappy TV in bed on a Sunday morning. So he's like, I can't believe you started to watch that without me. So I've, I've said that I'll stop and wait for him to catch up. But of course now the Euros is on, isn't it? So that's been put on the back burner. Yeah. So um, nothing at the moment. Um, we What did we finish watching? Um, Mayor of East Town with Kate Winslet in it. That was quite good. Okay, okay. And now it's, it's going to be football all the way through the, uh, the Euros, as it is in mm. Yeah. Mm. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind watching some of it, but not all of it. Is your, son, is your son into the football as well? Huge. We're a massive Arsenal household. Oh, so are we. So ah, well, not me personally, but my husband and son are also big Arsenal fans. So yeah, it's Arsenal, and at the moment, yeah. every single every bit of football that they can possibly watch. It's uh, yeah, yeah, and it's really funny, isn't it? Because I think the oldest sort of like you know your son gets, or or at least my son's got, is that now he's starting to engage in what sounds like adult football conversation with my husband, which I find hilarious when he's talking about tactics and things like that. And I have to have a little chuckle to myself. It's really sweet, and it's nice that they've got that, but. I'm quite happy to sit on the peripheral and just look at yeah. and go, that's nice. <laughs> go, down, go down to your uh, to your chalet. cabin, yeah, to the chalet. You say, you say chalet, is it a beach? Is it a beach hut or is it an actual chalet? It's not a hut. It's not a hut. It's, it's a chalet. It's it's like a brick building. It's got electric in it. And um, you've got like a little bit of grass between the chalet and the actual beach. There are beach huts down there. Um, but no, we've got a we've got a chalet. How long have you had that? Which is great. Uh, oh, three years. Years now, but it's great, babe. It's got a fridge in it. I mean, what more can you want? Fridge, gin and tonic. Right. Thank I'm, you. I'm waiting for the invite, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Whenever you like. We should have done this down there. You know, we could have had three goals in the background. In your chalet. Well, yeah. we, we can do that now. That's what I'm going to start doing that from now on. Well, it's been really lovely talking to you, Abby. It's been fantastic. And um, and hopefully we'll get a chance to speak to, to meet in person soon and hopefully oh. at the conference in, in November. Um, and thanks yeah. very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Oh, no, thanks, Bev. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you too. Take care. Bye. The Business Travel Podcast, brought to you by The Business Travel Magazine.